0: Welcome to episode 87. Today's show is brilliant. If you've been through allopathic treatment or had any experience with conventional cancer therapies and the whole process kind of didn't feel right or you felt there was something missing or maybe you even felt worse than before, then this episode is going to open up your world right here. In this episode, we get into other alternative and integrative cancer treatment options, the role that belief and identity play in your cancer journey and what the core things are that you might need to change to give yourself the best chance of healing or reversing your dis-ease let's get into it welcome to the how to not get sick and die podcast you've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't well get sick and die here we talk all things health nutrition and human optimization let's jump
1: into it with your host and resident scientist maddie lansdowne
0: What's up, my healthy friends? Welcome to another episode of the show. It is my mission to coach 150 individuals to create the healthy, sustainable lifestyle that they truly want before December 2020. And I hope that wherever you are, that you are keeping warm. (laughs) We are well into winter here in Australia, and I know that everybody thinks of Australia as the amazing, sunny, warm country, but right now, It's seven in the morning, and it's about three degrees Celsius here in Melbourne for me, so (laughs) I hate the cold, right? (laughs) It's so unmotivating. And I guess, oh, we've got a lot of uh, US listeners, so what must that be? Three degrees Celsius, uh, must be about 38 degrees Fahrenheit, maybe, something like that. Anyway, it's bloody freezing. Hopefully, today's episode will warm us up. Speaking of, who have we got at the top of the list today? All right, we've got... A lovely man by the name of Nathan Crane, whom is an award-winning author, inspirational speaker, plant-based athlete, event producer, and 17 times, yeah, that's right, 17 times award-winning documentary filmmaker for his work on the film, Cancer, The Integrative Perspective, of which he was the director and the producer. Nathan is the founder of the Panacea Community and creator of the Global Cancer Symposium. He has received numerous awards for his contribution to health, healing and personal development, including the Outstanding Community Service Award from the Californian Senate for his work in education and empowerment with natural methods for healing cancer, which, as you know, we are all about here on the show. Nathan and I met as co-speakers on the recently and wildly successful Quit Sugar Summit, and as well, Nathan has kindly invited me to speak at his own upcoming online event called the Healing Chronic Stress and Disease Summit, which we'll no doubt get into throughout the episode. With 15 years in the health and wellness field, Nathan has reached millions of people around the world with his inspiring messages as a regular contributor to a number of national magazines, television, and radio interviews, conferences, expos, summits, and now the "How to Not Get Sick and Die" podcast. <laughs> so, let's get into it. Nathan, welcome to the show, mate. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good, Maddie. Uh, thanks for having me, man. I love uh, the name and the focus of your podcast. Um, it was great interviewing you for our upcoming summit, and I appreciate you know the work you do and helping get this important information out to the world. You know, education is key when it comes to really taking care of our health and quality vetted, you know, deeply researched information, especially in a time of massive misinformation, of faulty fact checking, of, you know, uh, misunderstanding, which is happening right now in this time of this pandemic we're experiencing, but it's been happening for a long time. You know, we talked, you mentioned, you know, my film about cancer. That's one of the things in a lot of the, the thousands of hours of research that I've done, research experimentation, and hundreds of interviews with world-leading experts is that you will find on the surface a lot of misinformation. And, you know, that's one of the things I look forward to getting into with today and everybody tuning in is some, you know, some deeply researched, deeply experimented with information of how to help people get to the next level of their own health and healing. So thanks for having me, man. I'm happy to be here
0: and i'm excited to have you here and chat to you for multiple reasons but interestingly a lot of the things you just said are things that kind of led me to this path that i am on too as i came across you know information as a scientist working in a cancer hospital ironically that was the experience that sort of you know took me down the natural alternative and holistic path when it, when it came to health and healing because I became aware of a couple of things, the very narrow window of things that cancer treatment actually treats. And like you're saying, I realized that the system was built on very strong, deep foundations of misinformation and it's been perpetuated for well over 100 years now and it is so, well, those mistruths and the, those misconceptions, it's so rooted in our culture and perception of the medical framework that to question them is like, It's deemed insane, right? So I love that your journey has sort of taken you on a similar path to me, but kind of in a different way with your exposure to new and conflicting information. And so, further to that, I would love to know what began you down this path. You know, we all have that moment where we have an epiphany or a thing happens or something clicks into place that changes the trajectory. And I'd love to know what that thing was for you.
1: Yeah. So, you know, people, when they read my bio online, sometimes I'll get posts on Facebook or something that's like, you know, how do you have 15 years experience in, in health and healing and consciousness work? You know, you're, you're only 33. And they're like, you must be lying about it. I've had like a couple people, for whatever reason, feel motivated to write that on some of my posts recently. And the reality is I started this path at 18, you know, um, and to go back a little bit, you know, at the early age of nine years old, I was already experimenting with cigarettes and, and things like that. And by 12, I was experimenting with alcohol and drugs. And by 15 and 16, you know, eating a really bad diet of fast food, high sugar, no nutrient value, uh, doing massive amounts of drugs and alcohol and partying and cigarettes, pills, you name it. By the time I was 18, you know, I was very lucky to be alive and it was either Death or prison for me at that point, you know, I was really off track. I was very lost as an individual, you know emotionally traumatized, homeless on the streets. And you know, I was uh, taken in by a friend's family, the Davises Dennis and Martina Davis. and you know, I got to spend some time with them listening and learning uh, these topics of consciousness and spirituality, and they started to open up something deep within me. and pretty quickly, you know, my uh, best friend at the time Gabe Davis, we had. Uh, he came to me and said, "Hey, I got to get out of this life. I'm moving to California." I was like, "Dude, I got to go with. I got to go too. I'm going with you." We planned it. We got in a car. We drove to California and basically started our lives over. So at 18, I got sober for the first time in years, um, and pretty quickly, you know, got a job and worked my way up the corporate ladder very quickly, and started wanting to get healthy. And you know, within a year or two, you know, started going to the gym, got off all pharmaceutical. Uh, medications as well. Didn't even touch ibuprofen or anything like that uh, since then. And, uh, you know, it wasn't easy and I certainly had pitfalls along the way, Um, but eventually was able to quit smoking 100%, quit drugs 100%, quit uh, alcohol 100% and really start diving into, you know, health and healing and exercise and, you know, using my own body basically as a laboratory, learning about something and experimenting with it. Um, And so I was on that path for quite a while um, until about 2013 when my grandfather passed away from cancer. And I thought I knew quite a bit at that point. I had quite a bit of research and experimentation and understanding of health. And when he had cancer, you know, right before he passed away, and he was really suffering from the treatment, from radiation and chemotherapy. He was in so much pain so much agony and sitting there, something inside me was like, I know there's something better for him. Some way I could, you know, guide him or, or show him some kind of solution. And yet I hadn't really encountered cancer up to that point. Um, so I really was like everybody else, pretty much just afraid and clueless, didn't quite understand it, knew there had to be solutions, but didn't really know what they were. And, and then he passed away and I just really committed myself to learning everything I could about cancer, about natural healing methods for cancer, for preventing cancer. That took me down the road of holistic health for cancer, took me down the road of integrative medicine for cancer. Um, And then I started, you know, a a live conference, a summit every year, a magazine, started my documentary, and just diving in deep, you know, interviewing cancer conquerors, people who've overcome cancer, interviewing, you know, the medical researchers who are dealing with thousands of patients, uh, interviewing and going and visiting the clinics where they're actually – you know, people come in and they reverse cancer and they're doing it in natural, holistic or integrative methods. And so, you know, I spent years um, down this path now, thousands of hours of, of research and experimentation and over five years in making my documentary. And so it's just something that, you know, I'm like committed to. It's something that, uh, you know, unfortunately through my grandfather's passing, it, it inspired me to, as I learned this, Um, information just to share it with as many people as possible because I think we all deserve to know this information. And yet growing up, you don't learn about in school. Most people will never learn about it from their families because they don't know about it. Most people will never do the deep research because it just takes too much freaking time. And so I feel like it's kind of my responsibility to share what I've learned and at least put it out to people who are seeking alternatives or maybe even a better approach and uh, making that information more accessible
0: there's so much that you just shared and thank you too for sharing your story i really do appreciate that and so i guess uh, i guess the logical place to start or to sort of begin with everything you just said is the cancer stuff and so i'm curious when your grandfather was experiencing this from conventional allopathic treatment what sent you down the natural side of things was uh, was it was it simply the fact that he was suffering from the treatment that sort of put a light bulb on in your mind that thought something like this can't be helpful if it's harmful? Was that the thing that sent you down this natural holistic path? And and I guess the second to that, um, what misconceptions did you discover going down that path?
1: Yeah. So basically, I already had maybe seven years up to that point of like deep, deep uh, experience with spiritual, various spiritual paths. So meditation and studying with Buddhist monks. I had a spiritual mentor that I literally spent eight hours a day with for like two years. Um, I'd go and meditate and learn from the Buddhist monks. I'd go and chant with the Hare Krishnas. I'd go and do Temaskals and sweat lodge with the Native Americans. And so, you know, I was already called towards that like um, uh, natural way of living, if you will. And And through more of the spiritual side of things, you know, the physical health became quite important to me. It's one thing I noticed quite often with um, not all, but many spiritual teachers, is they have, you know, they're very well uh, versed and have a lot of wisdom when it comes to mental, emotional health and healing and spirituality and oneness with God and, and uh, all these beautiful concepts some loving, kind, compassionate heart and life and mind. And then many of them are quite unhealthy physically because they kind of forget about the physical body. And so I, I noticed that pretty early on and was like, well, I better start learning about how to take care of the physical body as well you know it became very interesting to me so i would i would go back and forth like it's all about the mind and emotions and spirit forget the body and then i'd go to the other extreme it's all about the body i want to learn everything i can and exercise and get fit and healthy and eat good so i did 100% raw food diet for a year and went you know plant based vegan and went 100% organic and you know back and forth back and forth until i got to this point where um, and I think that was a catalyst, certainly uh, a helpful point, uh, helpful time was, you know, bridging all of that together um, after my grandpa passed away uh, as I got deeper into the cancer research. Because uh, if we look at the human being as a whole, we are mind, we are emotions, we are physical matter, we are spirituality, you know, we are energy. So, And then we are relationships and we are environment. And, you know, all of these parts make up the human being. So, sure, you could focus on one or two or three or four as your main focus. But the reality is if you forget about any one of those things, then you're missing your higher potential of health, of healing, of happiness and vitality. So, you know, is the deeper and deeper I got into the research, it just made it so much more clear that, you know, Um, people who really take care of all of these aspects of what it means to be a healthy, wholesome, vital human being are the ones that are most likely to reverse cancer. And on the flip side, that are the ones most likely to prevent cancer. You know, So cancer is pretty simple to understand, but a lot of people don't understand what it is. It's basically just your body's uh, biological function out of harmony with its natural, healthy healing state we make cancer in the body we don't catch it from outside of us so our internal environment you know when it's out of harmony when it's out of balance um we make cancer cells the dna in the cells get damaged they mutate over multiple mutations they become cancerous you know if your immune system isn't functioning strong that cancer grows and grows and grows and grows and eventually turns into a tumor or some kind of blood or bone cancer and you get the symptoms of that well what I knew at the time of my, my grandpa, I didn't quite know all that about cancer, you know, but I knew through my own experience that there had to be a better way. And the fact that he was, you know, with cancer for years and years and years, not even knowing it and still fine. You know, I'm sure he had some symptoms and wasn't quite healthy, but he was still active. He could still move. He could still do you know, quite a few things, but um, it was as soon as he was doing the radiation chemotherapy that it was destroying his immune system. It was basically destroying his quality of life all for the chance of a two and a half percent, you know, chance of success. And that's the unfortunate reality of chemotherapy across, you know, the biggest study that's ever been done on it is it only has across all cancers. It's, you know, generalized. It only has a two and a half percent effective rate. Some cancers it's 50 percent effective, but a lot of you know, when you generalize it in other cancers, it's zero percent effective, but it's our go-to treatment, at least in the modernized, you know, Western world, if you will, uh, chemotherapy and radiation. And so I just knew intuitively like there had to be a better way. And so that really sent me down that that, you know, intense rabbit hole, <laughs> if you will. And so, yeah, some of the misconceptions I learned pretty quickly was, um, one, just not knowing what cancer is. And so that's why I just shared that a moment ago is because I think a lot of people don't realize what cancer is and, and how we make it in the body. You know, I love Dr. Thomas Lodi, what he says in my film. He's like, you know, people aren't truly asking me how to get rid of their cancer, even though that's what they're thinking. What he hears them asking, what he says is, what they're asking me is, how do I stop making cancer? how do I stop making cancer? And that's it. Because your body is always making cancer. Your body is always making cancer cells. But if your body is in a state of harmony with its natural uh, level of health and function, biological function, cellular function, your immune system does its job and it gets rid of those cancer cells and it's never going to replicate to a point where it becomes treacherous you know, to, to your health. Um, what's interesting, if you look up the symptoms of cancer, most symptoms of cancer, if it's left alone, you don't use chemotherapy or radiation, it's just the cancer. They're symptoms most people have on a regular basis of the cold or the flu. You know, I mean, that that's right now when cancer gets really, really, you know, to an end stage or stage four or beyond, for example, it may be much worse than that. But, you know, you can live for years and years and years with cancer with very little symptoms, with very little problems. Um, you know, another misconception is like, you just, these are no brainers, but you have to say it because subconsciously, I think so many people don't realize this. And it's, and it's great to have it brought to our, our conscious mind. Um, you think of cancer and you think of bald, sickly people who've lost their hair, who are in the hospital, and you think, oh, cancer is doing that to them. You know, they're on the tubes, they've got the IV of chemotherapy drip in their veins, they're bald, they're ghostly, they're sickly, they've lost, you know, 100 pounds, they don't look healthy, they have no energy. It's like, that's not cancer doing that. That's the treatment. That's the conventional medical treatment that's doing that. That's the chemotherapy and the radiation that's doing that. You know, so that's another misconception that, you know, I learned along the way, and it's, it's important to understand that. And I'm not poo-pooing, you know, medical treatments. There's a time and place for it. And, and especially, you know, my film is all about integrative medicine. It's like how do we use the best of Western medical conventional medicine combined with what we know works in the natural holistic fields of health and healing to get the best result, you know, because if we can combine the two and use what really works and really help people get the best result, then I think we're doing the best job we can. But more often than not, people rush to their doctor. Doctor says we need surgery, chemotherapy, radiation. The person doesn't even question it. They jump right in out of fear, and and they die. They don't die from the cancer. They die from the treatment. And now we know uh, there are some studies that are, that are you know, um, have been shown that it's it's quite likely more people have died from the treatment than they have the cancer. So – that's uh, startling and shocking. And if you're not shocked by that, you know you should be. And that's you know again one of the misconceptions that that uh, that I learned along the way. Um, and there's more, but you know,
0: well, it comes back to that study that you mentioned, which sort of highlights that you know conventional cancer therapy has about a two point five percent success rate, and that wasn't yeah. a small study. That was over two hundred and thirty thousand cancer cases, right?
1: It was a massive study that was done. Um, Yeah, it was hundreds of thousands of cases and it was uh, the biggest study ever done. And, you know, that's not something that uh, your medical doctor is going to tell you. I mean, most likely they're not going to tell you that. That's the unfortunate part.
0: I love as well that you mentioned there the process of going to the doctor. And I think the idea in the spiritual, emotional and identity side of things is that, this kind of outdated idea, but it's still practiced every single day. And it's the idea that we're given a diagnosis as if it's a physical thing, like we are handed a physical thing, and that immediately becomes a part of a person's identity. You know, you're now the cancer patient in the family. You're now the friend with cancer. You're now the sick person that people know. Rather than people taking sort of ownership of their health and say, taking on, or and they sort of take on a potentially a victim status, which is. I've been given this information by my doctor. It is who I am. And I think that that is the first white flag that patients put up as a sort of surrender to the conventional process, that instant thought or belief of now I'm going to die. And I think that that instant acceptance or I think surrender is potentially more accurate or you know that transaction between health professional and patient is so detrimental to the process.
1: Well, I, I truly believe, you know, giving somebody a prognosis uh, who has cancer uh, is criminal, you know, telling somebody that you have five months left to live, you have two months left to live, you have one year left to live. If you don't do this treatment, it could be less. I mean, I think that I honestly think that's criminal one. Uh, Because they absolutely cannot guarantee that those numbers are accurate whatsoever. They're basing it off of some generalized uh, cases over a period of time of people who've done the treatment or haven't done the treatment. And so to tell somebody, you know, put them into a state of fear, put their nervous system into fight or flight, put them into immense anxiety and fear and chronic stress um, by telling them that they have so long to live is damaging them more than, than anything. Uh, we, we now know, and our ancient ancestors, our spiritual teachers, our uh, indigenous elders, they've known this for thousands of years, that you know your mind, the power of your mind, your thoughts, your emotions literally can create disease or can heal disease in your body. And now our latest science of today has proven that without a doubt, that your mind can literally help your body to completely heal and reverse chronic disease, or it can cause or exacerbate that disease. And it's true with cancer. You know, cancer is primarily a metabolic disease, and it's a disease that can uh, primarily be taken care of through a strong immune system. And so, you know, to understand that, you have to understand, you know, how your, your two basic systems in the body work, your fight or flight, your adrenal system, or your uh, immune system you know and so when you're in a fight or flight mode when you're in stress you're in fear you're in anxiety it your body automatically shuts down and releases hormones and shuts down your immune system why to save your life you know if you're running from something dangerous um, you're not intentionally shutting down your immune system but you don't have a choice in that time when you're in fear your brain's literally releasing chemicals that shuts down your immune system well if your immune system's not functioning And you're in a state of chronic stress for a prolonged period of time well guess what you're just creating the perfect environment for cancer cells to thrive to grow out of control and vice versa when you uh, practice things like meditation qigong yoga mindfulness practices deep breathing practices anything that calms down your nervous system turns off your fight-or-flight system uh, and releases those positive hormones into your body, now your immune system is turned on and it's functioning. So, you know, it's one of the most important things about, about the mind, about the mindset, um, you know, and people who, uh, Dr. Sunil Pai, who's in my film, he's actually close to us here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, spent quite a bit of time with him, interviewing him for multiple projects over the years and learning from him. He's been a speaker at my conferences. Um, he's uh, internationally renowned leading integrative medical doctor and one of the things he talks about is is you know the the importance of living past your prognosis date you know and the people who have lived past that date are the people who didn't believe it in the first place so if you've been told that you only have so long to live um the first step is don't believe that the second step is educate yourself on what you can do to live past that and I've met, and he's worked with, many, many, many people, many people who have lived years and years and years and years past their prognosis date. One, because they, passed their, I should say, their expiration date, you know, the date they were told they were supposed to expire. Because one, they didn't believe it. Two, they educated themselves. And three, they took action to do everything they could to help their body get into its, its primary healing state. And so, one is not everyone is going to be, re- be able to reverse cancer. That's just the truth, you know? Um, but there are people who have had end stage cancers who were told they had a week left to live, who are still here 10 years, 15 years later, and they've had a good quality of life because of it. Um, and they've done it through a natural approach or through a holistic or an integrative approach. So, with that being said, there is a lot of hope, and there is a lot of possibility, and we should always have hope. We should always have hope. That's why I just don't believe. You know, Dr. Francisco Contreras, uh, medical doctor, one of the things he says is um, uh, that people who, uh, people who have been told that they only have so long to live, when they have hope, there's no such thing as false hope. They truly can have the possibility for true healing. But one, you've really got to believe it. And two, you've got to take the necessary actions every single day. Um, And three, and recognize it's not always about longevity of life. It's about quality of life. And so if the last years of your life can be a higher quality, you know, that's one of the things that really got me was watching my grandpa's last years of his life just be nothing but pain and suffering. You know, I don't think anybody deserves that. Anybody, my family, your family, anybody's family deserves the last years of their life just to be chronic pain and suffering, you know, quality of life. Whether it's one year, five years, 10 years, 15 years, if you can uh, expand the length of your life but have a better quality of life, then you know you've done something right. And sometimes doing nothing at all, any kind of specific treatment, uh, you can live longer and better quality of life than going and doing.
0: The link is in the show notes below. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the stuff we're talking about today is sort of at the core, we're talking about belief or the belief part of the equation, which is you know the prognosis, diagnosis, and the things we are told to believe about everything that is and is going to happen. And so one thing that I experience, and maybe you do too, is that I get people reach out having known sort of where I've worked for the last six years or their family recommends me and says, Matt works here and he talks about diet and nutrition and all these other factors which an individual can control for free at home, which you and I both know those things are a massive part of the equation, you know, spirituality, stress, food, etc, etc. But the thing is that I find challenging for these people or that these people find challenging is that their belief system has evolved to the point that to them, conventional allopathic treatment doesn't make a heap of sense, especially after... They've been through it maybe a couple of times and keep finding themselves back at square one, you know, like cancer's here. I don't feel good. It doesn't make me feel better. And intuitively, and in my uh, soul, let's say, in my soul, it doesn't feel like the right thing to do. However, I've spent 40, 50, 60, 70 years in this westernized society. And although I'm starting to doubt or question the conventional dogma, how do I now build 70 years worth of belief in another approach to cancer or to insert disease, you know, or or to medicine in general? A lot of people get to this place that conventional doesn't make the best sense for them and some other options might make more sense, but they get to this point where they go back to the chemotherapy because our system is built on this hierarchy of medical professionals and the culture and societal pressures say, well, you'd be ridiculous not to do this. And then they end up, Doing something that they don't feel is right or natural for them and and that time because you know they don't have 70 years worth of exposure or belief to some natural alternative and integrative medicine. And so I'm just I'm really curious. I'm wondering what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, belief systems are um, actually quite simple. You know, people think they're really complicated and complex. Belief systems are really simple majority of our subconscious belief systems are ingrained in us from birth until about seven years old that's a state of consciousness we're in where our brain is at a theta basically a hypnosis wavelength until we're seven years old and the purpose for that is that it teaches us all of these rules of society of family of school of you know how to get along in this world and then about past seven years old we switch to more of our conscious brain and those underlying subconscious beliefs. Uh, rule um, 95% of our actions. So this is the latest science. It's been uh, shared by uh, Bruce Lipton, who's a world-leading epigeneticist. And one of the things that he shares is 95% of your decision-making comes out of your subconscious belief systems, and 5% comes out of your conscious, belief, your conscious mind, right? So that's that's here. 95% of your decisions and actions, right? Your subconscious, you, you really need to understand What's going on in the subconscious mind, and if those belief systems are supporting you or hurting you? Now, of course, uh, there's other ways to program the subconscious mind, and uh, those ways include repetition. So, doing something over and over again, going to the medical doctor, believing in it, getting the drugs, feeling better after you know a week or something, not realizing your immune system's just doing its job and taking care of the virus or whatever it might be. Anyway. Uh, and you're associating those, you know, results with the doctor again and again and again and again, well, you're going to create a new subconscious belief system. So through rep- repetition, um, you know, the other way is through uh, hypnosis and, and going inside either through deep meditation or through guided hypnosis, hypnotherapy, for example, has been incredibly effective at helping to um, root out, you know, uh, belief systems that are damaging people's quality of life, and also to implement belief systems that empower your life. So that's one aspect.
0: I'm a big fan
1: of hypnotherapy. Yeah. yeah, I am too. Actually, you know, for some people it's scary. Oh, you're going to be <laughs> clucking like a chicken or what. Yeah, it's like, totally. no, it has nothing to do with that. It's it's a very proven scientific method to help you to, you know, re, uh, release traumatic belief systems. And so most people have gone through some kind of trauma, whether they remember it or not. And that's usually one of the core value uh, subconscious belief systems that's dictating people's lives. You know, I love what Bruce Lipton says. He, says. he says, you know, if you really want to know which subconscious belief systems are ruling your life, well, take a look at your life and look at the things that come to you easily and effortlessly. Those are the things that, uh, are likely a, a positive belief system, something you believe, you know, if so money comes to you easily with no problems whatsoever, it's like there whenever you need it. You never have a problem with money. Well, you have a positive belief system about money. But if money, for example, is always hard to get, you don't believe it grows on trees because you heard that from your parents. It's You have to work hard for it your whole life. Maybe one day you can retire and be happy. You have all these you know, subconscious living belief systems that were passed down to you from your parents, your peers, your teachers, your grandparents, whoever it was. And money is very difficult for you in your life. Well, guess what? You likely have a... A negative belief system or let's say a limiting belief system about money now you can look at that for your health too you 're always sick you know you 're always at the hospital you 're always getting something new. well, guess what there is a belief system in there rooted that is supporting that for you unfortunately, and so our belief systems are a huge part of of our health and healing i mean actually If I were to put a percentage on it, like I would say if you put 80% of your time and energy into uh, healing subconscious traumatic events, childhood stress events from your subconscious, reprogramming your subconscious to positive belief systems, practicing mindfulness and meditation and Qigong-type practices and emotional healing practices, if you put 80% there, um, that's going to bring you the biggest return. You know, it's the 80-20 rule. And so... Um, I really believe that 80% of, and actually the science is now supporting it, that 80% of disease actually comes from uh, chronic stress, anxiety, and fear, emotional issues. Now, that's why we can't leave out the diet, the nutrition, the environment, the EMFs, all the other things that are affecting the physical body. But the beautiful thing about the mind and the belief systems um, is that we can change it. You have the power to change your subconscious beliefs. You have the power to change your mindset. You have the power to focus your conscious energy on what you want. And so it's through repetition, and it's also going in and doing that deep emotional healing work. And that's why you know, people have spontaneous healings that do Qigong. That's why they have spontaneous healings when they do hypnotherapy. They didn't change anything else, but they uh, resolved a traumatic event in their subconscious, and all of a sudden the body healed. Why? Because the body holds on to what's called neuropeptides. In Qigong, in the ancient Eastern teachings, you know they say it's stuck energy. It's blocked energy. Well, our modern science calls them neuropeptides. They found that when you have you know these um, traumatic experiences, they store in the cells of your body as neuropeptides, and those uh, are helping to cause the damage to the to the DNA of the cells and can turn into all kinds of diseases, cancer being one of them. And so in the in the Eastern Qigong practices, they teach us to release that blocked energy. Well, they found uh, that when you actually release, are able to release the neuropeptides out of those organs or that tissue in your body where they might be stuck, actually you see these miraculous healings happen. And sometimes it is overnight and other times it's over course of years, you know, Um, just a little example um, of something a little bit different, but to give it to to some context to people, you know, when I was as early as I think nine or 10 years old, I started skateboarding and then I was skiing and I was snowboarding. I was jumping off 30, 40 foot cliffs and wrecking and bending and messing up my spine and breaking bones and, spraining ankles and breaking fingers and then playing football and getting tackled and hit and tackling others, um, BMXing and, you know, flying 15 feet in the air and landing on my neck, you know, uh, massive amounts of damage to my spine and to my body growing up until I was about 18 years old. And so I spent a good 10 plus years really damaging my spine and my body and I paid for it. You know, I had a lower vertebra that was completely out of place and was Pinching and you know neck damage and shoulder damage and AC joint separation and all these things, and so I've been doing qigong and going to the chiropractor for the past year now, pretty regularly. And within a year of that treatment, my uh, vertebra now is in perfect alignment. So ten years of damage took one year to heal. You know that's pretty amazing. Like you could damage your body for a really long period of time. And it only took a year to get it back to its natural state. Well, that time is different for everybody. And that's my point. And and it's true for cancer and any healing is that, you know, when you enter into a healing path, people tuning in here are probably already on a path of of seeking, of researching, of experimenting. Um, And some people might be saying, you know, why is it taking so long? Or why am I going through this for so long? Well, the reality is it can take time. It took a lot of time for cancer to develop in your body at least seven years. Minimum is seven years, but it's likely for most people, it's been 20 years plus. So, so what if it takes you a year or two or three or five to reverse that or at least to get to a state of a much higher level of health? You know, that's where we have to be patient, but we also have to be proactive. You know, we have to continue and we have to stop looking for that magic pill. The magic pill does not exist. I'm sorry to say it, but the magic pill does not exist. It never will. And we need to let go of that. That's one false hope. You know, I don't believe in much false hope, but that is false hope um, because it will not serve you in any way. If you really focus on everything that's shared in my film in much more depth, but some of the things we're talking about here, you really focus on healing your mind, emotions, belief systems. You focus on getting the right cancer-fighting diet. You really focus on cleaning up your environment, getting the chemicals out of your house. Uh, you know, going to natural, organic products on your skin, on your hair, on your soap, on your clothes. Getting rid of all the chemicals that cause cancer. Eating organic, as much plant-based as you possibly can. Diverse nutrition, um, and then you know, having good quality of relationships, finding things that make you happy in your life, and practicing you know mindfulness and healing practices well, you're going to be on uh, a path of healing that is going to bring you uh, so much uh, benefit that over time, you're just going to, you know, kind of forget about the whole thing. And all of a sudden, you'll go to your doctor and go, oh my God, my tumor shrunk in half. You have no idea how many people I've talked to personally, who this has happened to. Um, and, and sometimes even within as short as six months to a year. But again, we can't put a timestamp on it because everybody's Journey is going to be different.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that reminds me of a conversation that I often have with people that are entering my programs. And one of the features of my programs for many people is that they burn their body fat and they lose those, you know, those excess kilos. But initially we have that chat and I say, What's the goal? And they say, I want to lose 10, 20, 30 kilos, whatever the number is for that person. And I say, Great. And the program they're doing is usually, you know, somewhere between eight to 12 weeks. And they, of course, want to achieve their goal as fast as possible because they're human. Who doesn't, right? And I say, awesome. That's a great goal. But first, let me ask this How long did it take you to get here to accumulate that body fat that you want to get out of storage and burn? And the response is usually, oh, um, shit. And they kind of look back into their past. I was last. X amount of kilos, or I was last in the body that I want to be in again, 12 years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, and I'm like, okay, and I'm just shifting that perspective or expectation. You know, it might be quicker, it might be longer, you know, but it's about going on the journey with just some expectations of how it's going to go and and what's going to happen, and that there's no fad diet culture approach. There aren't any extreme uh, behavior changes, and that. That we really nurture the evolution that person is about to go through because as you know extreme behavior change like that isn't really sustainable so we have to develop or develop and transform over time kind of like kind of like a caterpillar goes into a cocoon for a period of time and Um, before you know through the struggle of emerging then becomes a butterfly right we have to kind of I think we have to kind of develop into those new belief systems and transform into a new way of sort of being living and feeling and I think a lot of the things you've referenced and oh man (laughs) you've made so many references and everything you've said of all the information that you've covered today and it's totally aligned with stuff that I've consumed as well. Like there's some stuff you've said that I'm like, oh, we've definitely read the same kind of content. And I just really love where your head is at the information you're sharing. And I'm really grateful for you sharing everything you've shared here today. But I love your talk about the prognosis, diagnosis, beliefs, uh, belief system, spirituality aspect, and as well setting expectations. And I think this change may take time. It may not. It always, it's always different for everybody. Right. And so for those that really got a lot out of today, maybe can you share where can everyone find you online, and also maybe a little bit about this summit you've got coming up with it, which has some super A-grade quality speakers.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So, um, yeah, thanks for that, Matt. I, I mean, appreciate appreciate the work you're doing, and you know, this is. I just want to say briefly that you know this is a lifestyle, um, and when you approach it as a lifestyle, uh, as a path, as a journey. Then it becomes a lot easier to manage and deal with and uh, experience along the way. You know, I've heard so many times in my life, and it's become my own belief system now that we have to learn to enjoy the journey and we have to learn to trust the journey. It's not about the end result. If we can get the end result out of our mind, you know, it's great to picture the end result, to feel it, to see it, to envision it. know the power of the mind to actually create reality so it's great but we have to let go of attachment to that so we let go of attachment to the end result and learn to enjoy the journey trust the journey and fully experience it that present moment in every day of the journey of going through it of learning something new of trying something new of sticking with something for for longer than just a day or two you know giving it the time that it needs, uh, to actually start seeing some results. It's when you achieve a little bit of progress, just a little bit of progress. You go, Oh, okay. This is where I'll, I'll, you got to look for those little tiny milestones, you know, those little tiny things. It's like, wow, I woke up for the first time in, you know, six months or six years. And I wasn't lethargic like for the first hour of the day. Then I was lethargic again, but the first hour of the day, I wasn't lethargic for the first time in in years. Like that's a milestone. Pay attention. Reward yourself. You know, congratulate yourself on those kinds of things, and that shows you something's working. But you got to find the small things to be grateful for every day, um, and then those start stacking up, stacking up, stacking up, stacking up over time. And you don't really notice it unless you're paying attention to the small things you can be grateful for. And then you look back. Like I can look back at my life. You know, when I was 17 years old, addicted to drugs and alcohol you know, living on and off the streets, in and out of jail, you know, no energy, no clarity of mind, no happiness, deep depression, you know, gut issues, health issues, like, anger every day, um, you know, chronic stress and fear. And then I look at my life now, and it's I'm a completely different person. And my life is like, it's so much more beautiful now and I appreciate things so much more and I have significant higher levels of health and happiness and fulfillment in my life. And it's not because, um, I'm special than anybody here. It's because I just decided that I wanted to get healthy, that I wanted to do everything I could to experience what it means to be healthy and vital and conscious and happy and fulfilled. And for me, uh, It's been a journey up to this point, and I'm sure it's going to be a journey the rest of my life. So, you know, I consider myself a student of life, and I think all of us should, no matter what your age is as you're tuning into this, consider yourself a student for the rest of your life, and it opens up so many more doors. So, um, yeah, the best place to get in touch, I think, is just NathanCrane.com, N-A-T-H-A-N-C-R-A-N-E, NathanCrane.com. You can click a link to my film there. The film is Cancer, The Integrative Perspective. Um, also, you, you know, I put free videos on my blog. Um, you can also find me on social media, um, even though I'm not really a big fan of Facebook and Instagram for their <laughs> censoring these days. I still am on them for the time being. So if you find me there, and I'm still there, I haven't canceled my account yet, you know, I'm happy to connect with you there as well.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. And two, tell us about the Healing Chronic Stress and Disease Summit that you have running because I know that listeners that have resonated in any way with this episode are going to really want to get involved in that summit.
1: Yeah. So this is uh, this has been an amazing project I've been really grateful to be a part of um, for well over six months. Um, so the Qigong uh, Wisdom Healing Qigong Qi Center, which is um, an incredible healing center here in Santa Fe. Um, Basically, we've partnered together with the Qi Center and Health Talks Online to produce the first ever Healing Chronic Stress and Disease Summit with 46 inspirational speakers, medical experts, nutritionists, naturopaths, wisdom keepers, and spiritual leaders to teach teach all of us, really. I mean, I, I did all the interviews, and... Uh, so I'm learning in the process with everyone here is, you know, how do we really look at health and healing uh, from a very holistic perspective? And I can tell you what, these have been, out of the hundreds of interviews I've done over the years, these have literally been some of the most amazing interviews I've ever done. I don't know if it's just the timing of everything going on. I'm, I certainly know it's because uh, all of these folks are incredible wisdom keepers with vast, Knowledge and experience, but the information they share is not only inspiring, but it's incredibly practical. So you know that's one of the things is there are guided practices, guided spiritual practices, guided meditation practices, guided practices to help you to um, calm down your your nervous system and basically you know upregulate your immune system, create healing. Step by step information of what to do about your diet, what to do about Exercise. what to do about hormones, you know, there's interviews specifically for women's health, uh, interviews specifically for healing cancer, for healing neurodegenerative diseases, for um, healing autoimmune disorders, and so much more. So every one of these interviews is free. Um, You can listen to it. You can register absolutely free. And the summit is broadcasting August 10th through the 16th. So you'll be able to sign up, you get all the information, and you can listen to you know, any one of these interviews that can absolutely change your life. And you'll get a ton of bonus content, too, and guided meditations by Master Ming-Tong Gu, who's the Qigong teacher that I study with and uh, and work with at the Qi Center, um, who is the uh, co-host, co-producer of the summit. So I hope everybody here tunes in. I mean, even if you listen to five of those talks, one per day, or six of those talks, one per day for six days, I guarantee you the information you will learn will help you will inspire you and give you practical insights of you know how to take your health to the next level.
0: Absolutely it's going to be so cool like I'm really really looking forward to it and thanks thanks for sharing and thank you so much for inviting me to speak alongside some really impressive medical and and wellness professionals that have quite a few of them have in fact inspired and continue to inspire my own journey as a health professional. So Thank you, Nathan. I'm really, really genuinely grateful for, you know, putting me alongside some of the some really, really big names. So thank you so much. And and two, so everybody knows there is a link in the show notes to sign up to that summit. So go down and click on the Healing Chronic Stress and Disease Summit link and sign up now to reserve your spot whilst there are still tickets available. Remember, too, that if you or anyone you know could benefit or has benefited from benefited from this episode, be sure to take a screenshot of this episode and share it via text or on your social media. Tag both myself and Nathan. Our links are in the show notes below. That's, of course, if Nathan is still about the place. And <laughs> I, I, I totally relate to your frustration with all the censorship and the truth that is being squandered and eradicated right now from the ether. But to tie this bad boy up for today, and I know there are so many answers you could give to this question, but I'd love to know, of all your learnings, what is one thing you wish more people knew about?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think the thing that that always comes back to my mind is uh, Joseph Campbell's famous words of follow your bliss, because the reality is if, and people don't really associate that with hell, but the truth is, if you follow your bliss, meaning you find something in your life that brings you happiness, and you do that every day, even if only for an hour, a short time every single day, it is going to ignite something inside of you that gives you hope, gives you something to look forward to. It gives you reason, meaning, and purpose to get out of bed, to take care of your health, to live longer. So whatever that is, whether it's just Taking care of your grandkids for an hour a day, or it's sewing, or it's art, or it's exercise, or um, it's teaching or writing. It, you don't have to get paid for it. It doesn't have to be something you're looking to make money at, though it could turn into that down the road if you want it to. If you find something that brings your heart so much joy and you do that every day, it's something I committed to years ago, and I've done it every day of my life, and I continue to do it to this day, um, it will ultimately give you that fire and that foundation to support all these other aspects of health that we've been talking about so find your bliss follow your bliss and do it every day
0: i love that i think that's a beautiful message thanks so much for your time mate i really hope we do this again so because i I really think there's a bunch of rabbit holes that we can go down and really open people's minds and help to build that belief
1: yeah i'd love to uh join you again matt i appreciate this and uh Yeah. Thank you. And thank everyone for tuning in.
0: Take care. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Chat soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode.